2: the late lunch with blackstone motors Dundalk and cabin check out the new sporty and spacious renault arcana in petrol and full hybrid guaranteed delivery low ap or finance and 48 hour test drive visit blackstonemotors.ie
3: good afternoon this is irene gahan sitting in for the lovely cherry kelly today now, the Late Lunch has been following uh, the story of Luby Healy since the Russian invasion began about her concerns and the safety of her mum and her nan in the Ukraine. We spoke to her as she prepared to head off to rescue them and then she finally persuaded them to leave, to come back to Ireland with her. Last week she was in Germany and she was asking for help with booking a ferry across for her and her crew. Luba, you're on the line. Luba's on the line now to tell us her story. Luba, how are you?
4: Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me again.
3: Welcome home.
4: Thank you so, so much. I have a lot of people who are <clears throat> saying welcome and um, I am tired, but I'm so, so happy, Irene.
3: I can imagine. That's a, nearly a 6,000 kilometre round trip. So how did it feel to arrive back in Trim with everybody?
4: It, it, it was emotional, Um it was emotional. First of all, I I I miss my family. I left my six-year-old daughter Hannah Rose and seventeen-month-old uh, baby Harrison behind for a full week. That never happened before. I never, I never. We never went away with my husband Eugene for nights, overnight. We 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 missed them dearly, and sometimes I even couldn't ring them because. They got so upset on another line. So uh, Eugene would be calling, and I'd be listening uh, what they saying. and I knew they were happy because our two older daughters, Emma and Sarah, were looking after them, and my friends Sharon and and uh, Caroline. They know um, <clears throat> they knew that we'd gone, and they were there for us, and it was very emotional. Yeah. And yeah. And then in the end, we um, we had our friends come in and uh, they dressed up the gates and balloons and, and oh. neighbours dropping the champagne and flowers. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to come home.
3: That's lovely. It sounds like it's some great support from your neighbours and friends back in yes. Trim. Yes. So when we spoke to you and we spoke to you when you were last um, getting on the ferry, sorting out the ferry in France and we put a shout out and one of the ferry companies came back to to help you and get you across. How, what happened from that point on as we were chatting?
4: Um, I mean, it uh, <clears throat> point that on and I'm sorry at the time I couldn't even, I couldn't even
3: think roughly <laughs> <laughs> I, I think everyone understands that you had an awful lot going on.
4: Yeah, I was, I was very tired. I was yeah. very tired. We were all tired. It's not only me. And, and it's not about me. I could stay behind. I, I we, we, most of, most of us could stay behind and could wait until 17, 18 of May to uh, cross um, yeah. to to Ireland. But I, I was very concerned about uh, Nana, who's actually in 99 we find out that she um got her passport a year um later and for the little girl who was with us Vladislava, she was she, we, we thought she was four but she said i'm almost four so her birthday actually this 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 month coming i think in june so she was little a fresh breath of air but i thought sleeping in different places and traveling for so long it was way too much for them so that's why I was shouted out and begged again and um, asked for help. Um,
3: <clears throat> and how's everybody settled in? How's your mum and your nans and your nan settled in now? Um, uh, we
4: we had we had an opportunity. Yes, well, at the beginning, Nana was a little bit disorientated. She 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 had a lot of pain and aches, and uh, we were able to give her a, a, a shower in in um, in France. It's, as, you, as you can imagine, Irene, when you're going uh, traveling like the way we were traveling, it was very hard to, to find a hotel for 10 people yeah. and three dogs. Uh, and you cannot pre book that. Uh, so eventually we got this hotel. It was nothing glamorous, far from it. But as the sheets were clean, the bathroom was perfect. And everyone enjoyed it so much to to, to not move and just to have a little uh, little rest.
3: Yeah. So uh,
4: we were able to give Nana a, a, a shower, and she really enjoyed it. And we were keep um, keep her on a tonics that a local um, chemist or uh, shopman see um, provided for us. Thank you very much. Uh, and that energy and care. Kept her going. Uh, at the moment, uh, she's at home, and uh, thank you to um, Evelyn, uh, um, Colin. She organised the bed for uh, for uh, Nana and commode and and pillows, and she, so amazing, she's, she's amazing. She's comfortable she, now. She yeah. She this lady was so professional. She followed up in every little step. She wanted to make sure that when Nana comes to uh, Ireland, she will be comfortable. So, yeah, she was comfortable. She only keeps saying to us that she remembers that her light was in different positions. So instead of putting her head down where where it's supposed to be, she turned around because she remembered where the bathroom was and, and stuff like that. So, So now she she had a little bit of porridge this morning with a little bit of honey. And it was brilliant, brilliant to see her smiling a a bit.
3: Oh, that's brilliant. And now that you're kind of settled back and you're kind of getting used to being back, what was the hardest part of the journey for you looking back on it now?
4: The hardest part, (coughs) the hardest part was for me to to not knowing which make it or not. The hardest part was looking at her face and uh, keep her clot wet because she she said she warm, she's uncomfortable, she's in pain. The hardest part, was, I, I maybe in some ways I didn't realize what I'm putting her through. Yeah. But, but um, but we we try to keep going and we we knew that it's for her own good as well. So that was the hardest part to to. To realise that she's strong, she's my hero. She's the one who who did it, and I admire her for that. So the they, the hardest part was to um, not to keep her comfortable, to make sure she 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 makes it here, and to to realise that she's leaving her home for for good, and. Um, she keeps saying, "I I I gonna come back when war is over because I love my home." Yeah. And I and we keep saying to her, "Yes, you will. You will. You will come back." And is so, she?
3: Uh, has she? Any? She hasn't been here before. I know your mum has been here before, but your nan has never left the Ukraine before, other than to go. I think it was to Crimea years ago. So, yeah. what does she have any first impressions, Violent, or is she still not? Is she just still kind of getting used to the fact she's kind of in a safe place now?
4: She, uh, yeah, that's right. She never left uh, her home before. She um, she had the opportunity to spend two weeks of holiday in Crimea, and would you believe it? Uh, she never stopped talking about. it, That's only one uh, once in her life she had her holiday. When she arrived, she said to me, "This is not my home," and I said, "It is. It's my home. So my home is your home." She said, "It's very green and low flowers." Uh-huh and I said yes Ireland is beautiful and green and everyone who was uh, at the yard that the time came in and had a chat with her and she said I don't know these people I said I know you don't but you will know them soon so um, she thought everybody were so kind so nice uh, and couldn't do enough for her so and,
3: and I believe you were treated to a fabulous meal last night in the stock house absolutely so everyone's being very supportive for you
4: uh, we 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 received a phone call uh, yesterday uh, from uh, Mick uh, Mick and Orla Hughes and um, Tom and Carmel Gory who offer um, to have a reunion a meal in Stockhouse and it was absolutely beautiful. They won't take a penny from us, and I didn't like that because I know time was very hard for them. They tried so hard, and and they standing and I know a lot of businesses have to close during the COVID. so they do an amazing amazing job they they're so supportive not only last night uh, uh, Irene, uh, before we went on on our trip uh, make called us and he said i have i, I have an envelope for you uh, just it's just little help for you uh, for your diesel. And because I was running off my feet, I said, "Mike, is there any chance you can just maybe do a few, um, few uh, meals for that I can throw in the fridge?" Because we have, we have a fridge in in campervan.
0: Yeah,
4: uh, that was absolutely no problem. So they fed us before that and after that, and they we were able to open their meals in Poland on the way back because we were so uh, conscious to get to ukraine before night of May, as i mentioned before so everyone uh, everyone had a little bit of irish food uh, in in poland and uh, uh, ladies in poland at the petrol station they have a little restaurant i asked them kindly can you reheat this food because uh, it's it's a little bit of Ireland in Poland, if that makes sense.
5: Yeah. So
4: food was amazing, uh, everyone loved it and um I can't I can't I can't thank you thank enough Stockhouse for what they did for us. And Libya what's the plan what is your plans now? Uh, what is my plan now? To be honest with you, um as always I do, I I'm I'm up and um in the morning and my husband Eugene Healy, as well up in the morning we listen the news What's what's happening i i listen today about um about how red cross getting um, getting on and try to help people accommodate them and everything else in total uh, me and my husband our family uh, brought uh, 10 people from 10 individuals from where where i live yeah. i used to live in ukraine uh, from ten of them, I have only two left to be accommodated. So all of them have accommodation. Uh, they all here around Trim. So um, uh, they're all
3: staying together. Pa-
4: yeah, part of them. Part of them have a ha- have a jobs already. A yeah,
3: but thank you. That's brilliant. I'm delighted everyone's finally back and everyone's finally settled. Um, and uh, t- congratulations. We have a song for you coming up which we're dedicating to you and it's um, definitely uh, what we would call you Holding Out for a Hero Bonnie Tyler Luba thank you so much for talking to us thanks
6: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dun Dundalk and Cavan talk to our van specialist Danny about the new Renault traffic and master range visit blackstonemotors.ie to see our massive range of light commercials with same day
2: business finance
3: Now, Kells Road Races are holding their 28th annual event in a few weeks' time. It'll be the first event um, since COVID. And they're expecting daily crowds of over 4,000 to watch over 100 competitors that have travelled from as far away as the Czech Republic and Italy. Club Secretary and PRO dear Corcoran and Derek Gannon of Shed for Bikers are on the line to discuss the event, but also to chat about road safety um, in a year, which unfortunately we have seen an awful lot of tragedies. Dermot, I'll go to you first. Welcome to the show.
6: Hi, Rain, how are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on today. this oh, good
3: afternoon. Not at all. So tell us how you're gearing up for this year's event. You must be maybe a little bit rusty after the last two years off.
6: Um, well, we kind of got going again in 2019. We had a bit of a break from 2016 to 2019. And then we had, we actually got raked to the season then um, in 2019. And we had an under net gap again. So yeah, it's hard to get going, hard to get everyone motivated again. But look, since the road racing started there now, as it as started as year in April, we've all got shifted into gear now when we're well underway.
3: And the Kels Road it's race the Kells Road Race is a pretty big deal in uh, motorsport, especially for those coming the first time, what do they what can they expect?
6: Yeah, so it's running on the weekend of the eighteenth and nineteenth of June and we have a classic run then on the Friday night. So um, for any spectators that come and haven't seen us before, it would definitely be it, it, it definitely would be something to put on your calendar. Um as you say, like we've been running the club started back in uh, 1992, nineteen we'll ninety be racing for started racing in ninety four. So um, we have a long history of racing out here. So it's just outside Kells. Um, it's just inside in a beautiful village called Crossy Kiel. And for the matter, it, I'm going to say thanks very much to all the residents in Crossy Keele. So and here in Bonnenloch, who we deserve for the weekend, who let us come and uh, race the weekend. So on the Saturday, you have your practice events. So we'll have practice and qualifying on Saturday. The road slows at 11 a.m. for that. And then on the Sunday, then, is the race day itself, and the road slows for 8 a.m. at that. So our advice would be to get in early, get your position and uh, enjoy your day as well.
3: And um, if anyone wants to get more information about all the details uh, for the road races and obviously the road closures as well, is there a website or is there a page somewhere they yeah, should go for information? you can
6: find us. You can on Facebook. Uh, can just put in Cal's Road Races and you'll find us. A lot of our stuff comes out through Facebook. Um, I do videos and I've kind of gone... <laughs> Uh, I started doing the videos for, we had an event there in March, an extremely successful uh, event in March. Uh, we had Ireland's biggest ride out there on Paddy's weekend in March. So that was a lot of that was thanks to videos and stuff through Facebook. So you'll find us on Facebook, you'll find us on on Instagram. All our telephone numbers are up there. So if any questions, and that goes to residents, riders, anyone who wants to find anything about the road racing is more than welcome to come. And uh, have a look through our Facebook page, or Instagram page. And just while the man is there as well, back to our event in, in March and just our, our event coming up, we have to say a big thank you to um our local uh Cardi here in Cows. It's been absolutely fantastic. Especially thank you to Sergeant Owen Lynch who uh, on the day of our event has been was fantastic of our big event we had in March and then he's been really helpful now with organizing the events. Between the guards and me county council, we couldn't ask for better. And um, we've got great support from both and um, like the events like these they just don't happen you have to coordinate with the council the guards the fire service our local residents uh, all all our volunteers our marshals our riders who travel from all over the world to come to this we have people who get in contact with us we plan their trips home to Ireland around Kells Road Races so that's kind of the following we have we're probably well, we are the biggest motor event you're going to get or motorsport events you get in county Mead so yeah, and- the whole county can be proud of
3: it sounds like it's 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 going to be a major event then this year with everyone kind of back getting back into it but we've I suppose unfortunately this year though we have seen um, a number of motorcycle tragedies um, the latest being a father of four from Leytown yesterday which is rather upsetting to say the least I'd say for you and your,
6: your group Yeah it does it hits it hits community hard like um, like obviously a lot of the fans are into uh, Motor racing and um, more motor, motor racing. They're also uh, ride their bikes on on, on the roads themselves. And unfortunately, look, it has, has been a difficult year. But if Derek on the line there as well, who'll he'll probably definitely 100% agree me. I don't think we have to start pointing fingers at car owners or motorcyclists or cyclists or truckers. It's you know we share the roads with everyone. I think everyone just needs to kind of just take a minute and just double check your mirrors, double check it. Just how just how You share the road with everyone. It's not just.
5: You know, yeah.
6: it has been a particularly bad year and some of that has been down to um, COVID as well where uh, a lot of the people haven't been on their bikes as much so like, it is a road craft, it's,
3: yeah. it's like a
6: skill you have to learn and that's why we do promote like the racing is a safe and controlled environment for that to anyone who likes, who, who is into speed and wants to do it safe I definitely advise you to get into it. Get into racing or track days where you can enjoy your bike, then in a safe and controlled environment. So that's what we provide with the race.
3: Yeah, and as a, I mean, you're a paramedic as well, so you would have uh, an unfortunate experience of having to attend some of these accidents. Yeah, why? Right. Why do you think they're so high? Why? Why is um, it so high?
6: Part of my job, is, yeah, I'm a emergency medical technician, and um, so I work on the air ambulance. So. To be honest, we can't really put a finger on it this year. I think the Derek, we were talking to Derek last night and 60% were single vehicle accidents. So um, that was with no car involved. I think people like to point fingers where instead of pointing fingers, I think we should be learning to share the road because that are improving our skills. Yeah. You know, take 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 taking that time, you know, to get home safely. And like coming to and from our event is a big thing. You're after watching road racing all day long. We'd encourage people, you know, to get on your bike and get into your car and get home safely. On a tour event and coming home
3: from our event. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll bring Derek in here. Derek, uh, your group shed for bikers. You tries to raise awareness um, of road safety. So, what are the kind of things that you would talk about?
5: Yeah, we. Um, how are you doing? And uh, thanks for having us on there today. <laughs> um, yeah, we're well, I'm part of a group. It's called Shed for Bikers. Uh, we currently have in around six thousand members uh, nationally. Uh, so uh, our group then we it's a free to use uh, garage and we cover basic uh, maintenance, roadcraft, and first aid. And um, so the first aid would be kind of like a, an outsourced course from um, Bikers Training. And um, um, so they do a, an F course, so it's called the course called the first Like I'm seeing. Um, and then they do an F advanced course for anybody to wish to advance their uh, skills. So that's that there covers everything about scene safety, where to park your bike, make sure that you're not going to become a, a, a casualty yourself, um, and then the care of the patient until um, until the ambulance services arrive. Like uh, it's a very very good course, so we host that there in Shed for Bikers there in Kildare. Um uh, the basic maintenance course then is, is to kind of give our members an insight into how everything works because if you know how everything works, you'll be able to make sure it's well-maintained and it will work when you need it. Uh, so there's no point going on the road if you haven't got a good braking system or if you haven't got a, a you know a properly oiled chain or your tyres are worn. So we, we educate people on how to,
1: to maintain
5: their bike so the bike is working to uh, full capacity, uh, so on the road, then they're, they're safer. Um, also, promote uh, the use of um, uh, the u- proper use of PPE. So mm. we have a pay it forward campaign there. So, like we take in um, uh, good but used, uh, like jackets, trousers. Um, these these would be from people who no longer require it because they're after upgrading their gear or they're after um you know, probably giving up biking, like, and then this gear would have been lying in their wardrobe. So we take it in. If all the zips work and the things in uh, relatively good condition, we put it on a shelf. And our motto is like, if it fits, it's yours. You know. So that gives people the opportunity to come to the shed, try on a bit of gear, and like because it is there. Like some some gear you'd pay probably in excess of a thousand euro for. You know. Yeah. Um, so in current in current economy and the way things are now, like people a lot of people wouldn't have that sort of cash to throw around, so we offer that and it's it's a free service like so we don't we don't um uh, we don't receive any anything from that. We get the gear for free and we hand it out for free.
3: Yeah, and yeah. you hand you hold um, special first aid classes for people who yeah. may come across. Um, I know I passed one in swords um, not not even a month ago, um, and there were they were being attended by two people at the side of the road. Um, but you hold special first aid courses in case anyone comes across a motorcycle accident. Yeah, that's
5: that's the first bike on scene course there. Um, yeah, so that that course is ran. It's true bikers training now. Uh, there's Bernie and Rog. Uh, they have a team there, like, so they're trained and qualified teachers and paramedics and that there, like, so So you get a certification at the end of the course from the Irish Heart Foundation, uh, which allows you to do CPR and um, uh, use the defib and that, you know, but like, as I said, it gives you every step of uh, coming up across uh, an accident, yeah. um, so, like, uh, you're seeing safety. How to keep the patient alive if it requires helmet removal and and then you're able to kind of give a a, a little bit of a better handover to medics when they arrive so they know where the patients at and that you know that sort of thing. yeah um but look uh, as Dermit said there you know the like, road racing is is a controlled environment like yeah um like look i i've i've been singing the praises of the Gardaí there since last year to started the the bike safe course back. Um, Adrian Corcoran there the Garda uh, in the road police, you know, there, he he needs to get a shout out, like because he's been he's been changing the the kind of I don't know the stereotypical uh, aspect of motorcycles, motorcyclists, like you know, like if you read any article there prior to a year ago, it was always when a motorcyclist uh, motorcycle uh, car hit the car, you know um which kind of implements that it was the motorcyclist falls you know that sort of way yeah. now look uh, as as i as i as said there like i've been talking to him about it you know like yes there probably is a a, a few people that kind of you know wind the throttle on on the bike but they're no different than the same amount of people or percentage that do it in cars and trucks and vans so. The message I've been trying to get across to people, and I have been doing since 2017, since we opened the shed, is is look everybody is is sharing the road. So like unless the general um, uh, persona or attitude towards road safety changes amongst all vehicle users, it's it's an uphill battle, you know that sort of way.
3: And well, thank you very much for joining us, Dermot. If you want to just give us the dates then of all the upcoming training day and the dates coming up.
6: Derek is very passionate about the road safety stuff me and I would and I would be myself so it's nice for Derek to come on um, and give us that. But back to the racing now again I was saying to like it is if you don't want to get involved in racing, we'd not get involved, involved in racing, start on your factory, start on the track and then progress onto the roads and do them in a safe and control environment. Oh look, it's a wonderful. List. If you've never, have you went to road race yourself, Irene? Have you ever seen it? Or uh,
3: no, I but I have. A, uh, my cousin uh, Bernard is very into the road racing. Are uh, very into his motorbike. I get to see all the photographs.
6: <laughs> yeah, so we think for anyone who hasn't been to one, it was definitely this, this this year. Now we've all been sitting around for two years, not doing a whole lot. It's the greatest use to get back out. So we have our main event is on the 18th and 19th of June, and uh, look, it's a fantastic day. Out. So you get to see. Um, you know, bikes passing up upwards to so hundred and thirty mile an hour um, it's actually fantastic, the sights, the smells the sounds and the paddock. Um I actually can't wait, I'm driving and out that road regularly, that'll be actually a race on and the closer and closer we get, the more and more exciting I get. so it'll gets. So be great to see people we want to see people coming to a race who've never been involved in a race, and we also need people as well to give us a dig out for marshalling so we're running a sem- uh, seminar this Sunday, uh, the 22nd in O'Connor's Pub in Kells from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock but this is for all those people who sit there in the ditch with us or sit at home going, God, I'd love to get involved in that. But now's your chance. So we'll come down. If you come rain on Sunday, look, there's tea and coffee and a biscuit. But there's also training and show you correctly how to do marshall at a road at a road racing event and how to do it safely and how to control the crowd and how to spot things. Yeah. You know, like prevention is always the best cause, you know, or the best cure. So we want to get as many people involved, and if you want to get involved in the road racing club, a lot of people are a bit behind the offers. Like we're open to all sorts of members. We need everyone from. God, we've we people in there that such such a broad range of skills We need from IT specialists, we bikers, we have there's myself. There's a lot of people involved in the haulage industry. we have people from all walks of life. Well, I don't think that just the club is just all all about. It. You have to own a motorbike. You don't. You just have to come along. Go well, no doubt hand. I'll
3: get a text from my cousin after this going, come on, we have to get down there and have a look. <laughs> you do <laughs> have
6: a good day, yeah. I'll send you down a couple of wristbands down and then have a look <laughs> yourself and you can report back how great it was.
3: Well, I wish you the very, very best of luck at the race. Um, have a good race and a safe race. And thank you very much, both of you, for joining us right, today. Yeah,
6: before we go, can I just say sure. a big thank you to all our sponsors as well. Without this, without our residents, without our sponsors, it's the CC Unlimited Cales Road Races. Uh, 2022 they're the local bike shop and they've been absolutely fantastic same with all our local sponsors I'm not going to name them because it's too many to name but without our sponsors stuff like this they don't happen it doesn't happen overnight absolutely. and these companies have back us year in and year, year out that I uh, need all the credit as well. Thanks very much for having well, me. Well,
3: we wish you the very best of luck. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon.
6: Thanks
7: very much. Thank you. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. The late lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drawn at Dundalk and Gavin. The all-new Dacia Jogger has arrived. Ireland's most affordable full-size seven-seater family car with three full rows of seating and with extendable 2,000-litre storage. The spacious Jogger has all the space you need. Book your test drive now. Visit blackstonemotors.ie
3: Now, the competition for the late lunch all this week is from Carlingford Lock Cruises who have two, some fabulous two-hour evening passenger cruises on Carlingford Lock every weekend right through the summer months starting from this Saturday, May the 21st. Now, the cruises are really nice. They sound interesting. Sunset cruises, Lock and Light out cruise, jazz, blues and Cayley cruises and a very popular uh, gin tasting cruise. So... To celebrate the reopening of the ferry, which is a full-time day car ferry service, plus the launch of their new summer passenger cruise schedules, we have two pairs of tickets to win to go on a jazz cruise or a Cayley cruise on the lock and a pair of blues on the bay tickets to give away this week. So what you have to do to win these tickets, if you can text or WhatsApp the word Carlingford, to 086-1800-658 and we will pick out the tickets later on the show for each of those. And then on Friday on LMFM's Facebook page, there is a fantastic end of week prize um, of a trip of 10 tickets for Carlingford Lock Car Ferry for someone to explore the lovely Mourne Mountains. So, get texting everybody. So that's Carlingford to 086-1800-658. Now, this week's Bingo Jackpot is 5400 You can buy your book for next week's game online or from outlets throughout the Northeast. And there's more information on Radio Bingo. Log on to lmfm.ie. And congratulations to recent, recent winners Mary Carney um, from County Loud and Marie Kelly from Dunlear, who each won €600. Euro. Now, coming up after the break, did anyone watch the Eurovision this Saturday night? We will catch up and have a chat. But first, a little bit of Coldplay. So on the line now we have LMFM's very own Ken O'Sullivan. Ken, what do you think?
7: Well, Irene, I think the UK must be absolutely furious after the, the, the result on Saturday night because they were, they were absolutely robbed of, uh, of a, a worthy win. No, they 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 won in '97. That's the last time they won the Katrina in the Waves, and they came second the following year uh, with, with a, another song uh, I can't remember what I was saying that. But anyway, they haven't actually been close anywhere since. And they, it, it, you know, it, they only get into the final because they won the big five, and they usually get really really bad scores. Last year they got a double zero, and this year they should have won the contest, but they didn't because the telephone boat uh, put, uh, put the Ukraine over the top. No, that's okay. That's that, that's a. That's a a, a humanitarian protest or whatever you want to call it, but I do think that the UK were actually robbed on Saturday night.
3: Yeah, it was my favourite song, I have to say. I I thought Greece was fabulous, but the more I listened to the Spaceman, the UK entry, the more I really, really liked it.
7: Yeah, there there were were some fantastic and some great performances on Saturday night. I actually actually, uh, favoured the the, the Swedish one, I thought that was going to win it, or at least be up there in in, in the rankings. The UK, I have to say, I'm personally not a fan of the song, but you know, it, it did very, very well. And they, I mean, it was, like I said, it was their, their, their best shot at actually winning it for a long time. So they will actually feel aggrieved about this. And I'd say, you know, I'd go so far as to say that if there's even a hint that, the, that, that in future the telephone vote will be disregarded, uh, i say the UK will probably get behind that, that motion and they'd, they'd probably back that.
3: Yeah, I mean, we knew the popular vote would always go to Ukraine on the night. Um, but the jury voting then as well. I mean, the jury voting was very different, I think, from the, the, the popular more vote, more as they more say.
7: More. One thing, Irene, that, that actually that fascinated and me and deeply disappointed me, remember we, we were talking on Friday that, uh, that we didn't know exactly how badly uh, the Irish song did in the semi-final on Thursday and that we'd only get the results on Saturday night. Well, we now have those results and it turns out that Ireland finished, it would have had a disastrous uh, Thursday night. They finished on 47 points, which means that if they had actually Doubled the number of points that they actually got in the semi-final, they still wouldn't have qualified. Yeah. It, it was it was that bad performance. We got twelve points in the telephone vote from from the UK, which is not surprising because obviously there'd be a, a, a huge uh, a, a vote from from Northern Ireland as well. Uh, and we got eight points in the telephone vote from Australia. And apart from that, it was threes and ones and twos all over the place. And we, yeah. and you know, quite a few countries didn't vote for us at all. We got we got thirty five points in the telephone vote and only twelve from the actual juries. So I mean, sorry. It, it, we got 12 uh, from the, the telephone vote in the UK and a big fat zero in the in the jury votes. We, they didn't vote for us at all.
3: Yeah. I did say it, that it the- was,
7: it- it, it was it was it was terribly disappointing because I, yeah. I I really honestly hand on heart thought that we had a really good shot of actually qualifying this year.
3: Yes, yeah, so did I. I thought Brooke was very very good. She had a great performance, really strong. But then I my conspiracy theories started, and then I see the the e, EBU issued a, a press release just before uh, the results came out to say that there was an element of uh, I'm using air quotes here irregular voting after the semi final. So um, <laughs> did that impact us? Do you think? <laughs>
7: Well I I I I fully expect that that the whole of Northern Ireland got the iron broken her... Absolutely her can, can we talk briefly about the contest itself because I have to say as a, as a TV show it was highly entertaining it was a great show It
3: was amazing
7: uh, and, It's and, like and, and, uh, one of the presenters uh, Laura Posini who, who, who I'm a huge fan of Laura Pozzini, have been for years uh, I only found out this morning that it's her birthday today she's 49 today so she's she had she had a, a busy week and I know she celebrates her birthday as well. So I think it's, uh, I, I, she's fabulous, by the way.
3: Oh well, I tell you, her gunas were well fabulous as well. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind her wardrobe.
7: <laughs> Absolutely fantastic! Another one that highlights too. And, and this this will actually uh, can, can escape a lot of people. But Giglioli Cinquetti, uh, the, the lady who sang the song uh, during the interval act, right? Let me put this in perspective. She's seventy four years of age. She won the contest for Italy in nineteen sixty four when she was only just sixteen years of age, and she sang this beautiful, beautiful song called No Le no, L'età." Right on Saturday night, uh, which was the song she sang in 1964. Now, most of the audience in the in the, the, the theatre on Saturday night will not have been born. Uh, they were
3: singing along, Ken. They, they were, were singing,
7: singing along. along. That's exactly my point. It is an all-time classic song, and it's a beautiful, gentle song. There's no screaming, and shouting in it. It's a gorgeous, yeah. sentimental little song, and everyone sang along and sang every night. It was. One of the highlights for me on Saturday night—it was just a beautiful moment.
3: I have to say, the show—I don't know whether it's just me—but the show just seems to get more spectacular
7: every single year. It does. The thing is they're outdoing themselves with the lighting effects and whatever. Yeah. Did you see the, the nice little effect they had for the, for the Estonians on the very last one—the the, the cowboy, yeah. the, the, the Western team song? Yeah. They, they, there, there was even sort of like sepia camera effects I made mean, it look like one of these old uh, Sergio Leone type films <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti western it was a really clever little effect but I have to say that I, I really can't fault Rai. but it was a terrific show
3: it was amazing and you know the bit I loved I love Italy I go to Italy as much as I possibly can oh, I gorgeous. loved when they introduce all the acts and they send you off around different places and <gasps> I was what picking I was picking all the places I'm going to go on my holidays oh, the next literally. time
7: I'm, I'm consulting my travel agent <laughs> but <laughs> sure, it's
3: a it's great it's a great showcase, isn't it? It's a, I mean, we we really went for it when we had it last, but I mean, it's a great showcase for countries that do
1: win it.
7: Yeah, well, you know something, the, the, the argument can be made, oh no, we, we, the RT keep on sending rubbish uh, songs because we can't afford to run it. We, we can't afford to not host it because yeah. it is seven hours of an advertisement for the tourism of your country. Why would you not want to actually host the Eurovision Song Contest? By the Mm -hmm. way, my tip is that it's going to be in London next year. I would imagine so. Obviously, obviously Ukraine won't be able to host it. So they'll tender it out and they'll take bids. And I'd say the BBC will will have their hands up straight away and say, yeah, we'll do it. And they'll probably have it in London.
3: Yeah, I'd imagine so. And it'll be great. I mean, all the planning starts all over again now for next year.
7: Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm drawing a line in the sand. That's it. After today, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all talked out. With it. I've got so many stats and so many reports and so many uh, uh, so many uh, opinions coming at me, left, right, and centre. That uh, it's it's a bit of overkill now at this stage. It's done. We we've enjoyed a fantastic contest there's going to be arguments until Kingdom Come for, uh, about uh, the validity of the, uh, the Ukrainian win. But um, look, let, let's, let's just look back and say, fantastic contest, great presenters, great show, yeah. fantastic entries all over them." and hard luck, Brooke. And really, what do we have to do to get into the darn Eurovision final?
3: Absolutely, I mean the competition is so big. I mean it's so huge now. It really is. If you if you even going through all the countries on on Saturday night to get their votes. I mean it was, it was so elaborate and so long. And it, it to imagine putting. I mean to put on that show. It, it just is is so extensive. You know. I'm
7: going to say I'm going to say something a little controversial here now and then. This will not be well received. I, I I'm of the opinion that only those that actually compete in the finals should be allowed to vote. Otherwise, the voting procedure takes forever. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the voting itself took well over an hour, it really shouldn't be, shouldn't, shouldn't be more than a half an hour Ken, look, I really sorry for his... opinion, but, you
3: know. No, no, not at all not at all, well look, I really appreciate you uh, coming and talking to us this afternoon and um, no doubt in a year's time we'll be looking at it all over again
7: We will indeed, I look forward to
2: it <laughs> Ken, take care Thank you, bye bye the late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jodar and Cabin. Test drive the new Renault Arcana or the fully electric Zoe. Guaranteed delivery, low APR finance, and forty-eight hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Now, our regular
0: contributor, Sinead Burke, muses on how she thinks the world is governed. I like to think the world is governed by a team of very clever and insightful people, who meet regularly to discuss what should be next for the people of Earth. In their hands, they hold ultimate power over us. They evaluate how the human race is getting on and decide each and everyone's fate. In my mind, this elite group gather on a super yacht off the Amalfi coast. There is much wine, cheese and probably a bowl of grapes. There is nice crusty bread, the expensive stuff that even though it's white you can tell that it's good for you. Sitting out on the top deck this exclusive group, review their master plan on how Project Earth is going and what international levers they can pull to bring us all back into line. Oprah is there, naturally. David Attenborough, of course. The Dalai Lama has a permanent seat and serves as chair. Independent TD Catherine Connolly is a member as well. George Clooney and Melinda Gates. Occasionally, Bono sails by, waving at them from a small sailboat, but they tactfully pretend not to see him. At the most recent gathering of the globally great, a decision was taken to grant us all a bonus. In recognition of the hard graph everybody's put in, keeping the day-to-day show on the road, our heads down and the masks on, and trying to do the decent thing by the people of Ukraine, we're all getting a present. And it's a whopper. Pull your shoulders back and raise that downcast head. You've worked hard, so let me be the first to tell you, you deserve this. The breaking news just off the Italian Riviera is Scott and Charlene are coming back to Neighbours. This was a masterstroke by our seafaring supergroup. Back in the 80s, we all watched Neighbours, sometimes twice a day during the summer holidays. Cast your mind back to a more innocent decade. Covid didn't exist. There was no social media. All of us girls still stood a chance with George Michael. Happy, happy days. Bringing back the two poster pin-ups of this uncomplicated and uncontagious time is the gift we didn't know we needed. Neighbours arrived into our lives nearly 35 years ago. Like a new beautiful blonde girl in the class. Popular, thin and great clothes. We all wanted to be her best friend. And the exoticness of the life we were introduced to. Smoothies in a cafe, before school. There wasn't much of that in Navin in the 1980s. Even their names spoke of far away, permanently sun-drenched places. Daphne. Scott. Cleo. Tiger? There were none of them on the roller scholar They visited places like the Bungle Bungles. I mean, does such a land even exist? And on top of all these revelations, the Ramses even had their own swimming pool. I don't think it's a coincidence the Irish lotto started the same year as neighbours deigned to let us into their glamorous lives. And the wedding. You know what I'm talking about. I remember getting a note from my mum to say I was allowed to go home for lunch with a locally based school friend in fourth class, just so we could watch the most beautiful and romantic spectacle our ten year old brains had ever been privileged to witness. In truth, none of us watch neighbours anymore. Like the classmate I watched the wedding with, I rarely wonder what they're up to now. But now it's ending. A melancholy moment, only rescued with the triumphant return of Scott and Charlene. Thank you shadowy brain trust who secretly manipulate our every need and action. Thank you. We all need and deserve this back-combed, faded, demon finale. And if my mum needs to write me a note for work so I can stay home and watch it, so be it. Now,
3: coming up after the news, we will be talking to Brian Byrne um, from Navan. But first, um, a little bit of love, Tom Greenan.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jodat and and Cabin. Test drive the new Renault Arcana or the fully electric Zoe. Guaranteed delivery, low APR finance, and forty-eight hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.
3: Now, Navin's own Brian Byrne is on home soil again for a not to be missed concert before he jets off to Sweden to perform with Julian Lennon. And with all this going on, he's also preparing to release a soundtrack for a documentary with Liam Nielsen. Brian, you have an exciting life.
1: Well, it depends, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm very lucky. I get, to, I get to do what I love and, and you know, it, it's, it's great to play music and, and it's great that everything's open again. So I'm delighted to be home.
3: And tell us about the new album um, and what kind of music to, we should expect.
1: Well, I'm I'm working on the new album, so I, I put the cart before the horse this time, and I'm I'm performing the songs first, and then we're going to record it in Los Angeles over the summer. Uh, it's an album of songs that I'm writing with uh, a few lyricists. One is Alan Bergman. He, he's a, a Grammy and Tony, um, Oscar-winning lyricist. He wrote for Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett, Barbra Streisand, and he, he's writing four songs for me and then Steven Sater who wrote Spring Awakening the, the Tony award winning musical he's writing four songs and then my better half Casey Jones is writing four songs too so it's um, you know when you're working in film music uh, uh, the director will tell you what to do and the producers will, will tell you you have to write this and it has to be one minute long so I every few years I, I like to write a little project that I can tell myself what to do so it's, it's kind of a passion project
3: <laughs> and, and we're
1: Going to try it out in Navin on May 27th. And That's the, the what I was
3: going to say. Will we get to hear some of this album uh, on the 27th of
1: May at the Celsius? Hopefully you get to hear all of it. I'm still writing the end of Bits and Bobs, uh, but it, it's great to be able to try it out uh, in your hometown. And, and mm. you know, a Navin audience will tell you if, if they think it's any good or not. So I like that. <laughs> I like the, the uh, honesty of, of the Navin people so
3: and so who else will be appearing because i know uh louise in here was at your last uh gig and she thought it was absolutely amazing you have a big fan um so who else will be appearing
1: well i um i'm thrilled to announce we have declan o'rourke um who in my mind is one of the greatest uh singer songwriters ever to come out of ireland declan's coming down to sing a couple of songs i've kaz hawkins who's a belfast born uh Singer, she she sang on on a show with me in the National Concert Hall, uh, and she's just incredible. She lives in France. She's coming home especially for the gig. She's a big powerhouse, Adele type vocal. And then I have uh, Lucia Evans from Zimbabwe via Galway. Um, she she'll be singing. And then my cousin William Byrne. So and and I have an incredible band, I, I um kind of UK and Irish band playing. So it's I can't wait. It's it'll be great fun
3: something to look forward to. And then after that, you're off to Sweden uh, with Julian Lennon,
1: no less. Yeah. What's that yes. about?
3: What's happening there?
1: Well, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, during lockdown, um, Julian wrote an album. It's the first one he's written in, in years and he needed strings arranged to record it. So I actually recorded strings for his album here in my studio in the US. Uh, but now that things are opening up, uh, he started to perform them live and he asked me to go to Sweden with him. Uh, there's a big climate change event in in Sweden in Stockholm, and uh, we're going to go there, and he's going to perform three songs with an orchestra, and I'll arrange it and conduct it and uh, eat some um, um, Swedish cuisine so I'm <laughs> looking forward to that so l a navin Stockholm. <laughs> And Oklahoma in between as well. And Oklahoma in between. (laughs) So I hear
3: you're arranging music for uh, John Williams' 90th birthday. Um, And for listeners who don't know who John is, he's written the scores for over 100 films uh, like Jaws, E.T., Star Wars and some of the Harry Potter movies. So that's quite an interesting (laughs) gig.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's with the Oklahoma City Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, wow. I mean, a lot of orchestras in the States and around the world are celebrating John Williams' 90th birthday. And they've asked me to come in and conduct and procure the program. And I have to get them some interviews in Los Angeles with some famous people on the screen. So it's a really interesting project. And it's great. It's come out of lockdown. It's great to be able to conduct and stand up in front of a 90 Vs orchestra and, and, you know. Wow. perform his music I mean he's a hero of mine I mean you were playing Billy Joel there my two heroes as a kid were Billy Joel and John Williams so you're very timely with your questions Um, (laughs) yeah so that that'll be that'll be great fun
3: so you've literally gone from very very quiet lockdown to full back back into full mode again
1: yeah it was quiet in in the sense that I you know we didn't see people but it was I was very lucky during lockdown I have a studio here and I was able to work on was a couple of animated things from Los Angeles, but I could do them from the from the studio, so I was very lucky.
3: Yeah, I hear you were writing the scores for Transylvania Three and The Croods Two, so that must have kept you busy. Yeah,
1: I and mean, <laughs> the kids the kids loved it. Um, yeah, I helped uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, who who was the main composer on on those, and he actually got COVID, so I got called in to kind of help him finish it and and orchestrate it, and uh, so it was great to work on DreamWorks and Sony Pictures in the back of the studio. With the kids playing outside. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a strange, wonderful kind of thing that I do. Sometimes it's really banal and boring. And sometimes you get these odd, crazy gigs that are fun. So I'm, I, you know, I'm very lucky.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, so is there anything else going on or anything else lined up as well?
1: Well, I mean, today I'm, um, it just changes by the day. Today I'm, I'm finalizing the soundtrack for an IMAX documentary I did with Liam Neeson. He, he narrated it. And we did this during lockdown as well. And I had Shabelle, the Irish singer from Rhett Karn, um, sing all through the the soundtrack. Um, I had some Irish folks on there as well, but it was mainly kind of, uh, I I did it here in the studio and we have a big orchestra. And so I'm tidying that up and we're going to release that soon enough as well. And then I'm just finishing off these songs and uh, I'm going to perform this in Los Angeles as well. So uh, Navin is a kind of warm up for that and then Los Angeles. And then we go to San Francisco and I'm doing it, an album that I did a few years ago called Golden Hair. I'm doing that in San Francisco as part of the James Joyce 100th wow. year celebration. So it's it's full
3: on. It's very busy. Well, tell everyone, tell us where we can get tickets now for the Salsus gig coming up.
1: Okay, so the 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 gig is Friday, May 27th at the Salsus at 8 p.m. and there's tickets online or you can call the box office. Uh, we still have tickets available, but it's it's going to be a great night. And you know, it's it, I think it'd be interesting for folks to hear music before it's actually recorded and it's really helpful to me and I I can't stress enough how great these singers are. I mean Declan O'Rourke we all know who Declan O'Rourke Galileo and he's just he's so brilliant and he 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 loves he's he sang on Golden Hair my my last album and he's coming down to to give us a dig out on this so it'd be great to have a bit of support from Navin and Trim and Kells and Whoever's around,
3: Brian, thank you so much. Now, Brian was kind enough to give us tickets for the gig. So we'll give away those t- on the show tomorrow. Brian, we wish you the very, very best of luck with the gig on the 27th of May.
1: Thanks very much, Irene. It's lovely to talk to you.
3: And you too, Brian. You too. Take care. Now, thank you so much for everybody on the show today. And thanks for Louise. Coming up, we have Eddie Caffrey with, El- with Elemental. LM Drive and we will play out with our Drive song for today take care
2: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync
5: They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcarecom loss. That's plushcarecom loss.
2: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for
0: your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans.